Let's get to it. This is Sebi Podcast. I mean, they do say if you go to war, you better bring your AK with you. <laughs> the Saints didn't have Drew Brees, but Alvin Kamara did just enough to get that touchdown right there. Here's another fun fact. News leaking today, LaMelo Ball potentially could be the number one overall pick last year for all the scrutiny that the Ball brothers have gotten from the BBB this, BBB that, triple brand, triple Bs. <laughs> Crazy stuff. Nevertheless, college football week four, NFL week three, NBA season right around the corner, media day in a week, preseason in a week. Myself, Sebi, Michael Gray, the Sebi Podcast Radio Show. Right in here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We welcome those of you again into a gorgeous evening here in the Central Florida area. Myself and Michael Gray, a familiar cast here on the Sevy Podcast radio show, streaming in all social media platforms, including all distributing platforms worldwide and domestically here. Myself and my DMV partner, Michael Gray. What's going on, my man? Man, I'm doing great, brothers. Uh, we had a great week of football on both sides. Uh, yesterday was a great day in the DMV with the Nationals and the Mystics. Uh, it's, 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 in the sports world, it's going great. Everything's going good. How about yourself? Wow, wow, wow. That That's that's crazy that you brought that up because that's right. So the Nationals clinched the, uh, the wild card spot for the NL. So obviously the Braves won uh, the, the, the NL East. I mean, right. <laughs> they got everybody on that squad. We talk right. about Ronald Osuna, Freddie Freeman. But the Nationals, they showed that potentially having Bryce Harper was an anomaly. So they, they got there. And, and how fitting was that, Mike, that they beat <laughs> the Phillies to clinch? That, that was pretty interesting to me. And then, of course, the Mystics taking care of business in Las Vegas in four games to close that out and to turn the page now to game one of the WNBA Finals. So, the DMV area sports excellence, isn't it? Oh man, for the Nationals, it was a it was a bittersweet moment. You're right, doing it against the Phillies and Bryce Harper, but also because they started off the season 19 and 31, and a lot of people were writing them off, including myself. And to see them come back and show their perseverance and grind, and Martinez got these guys playing great great baseball, and I'm glad they were able to come back and and, and make the playoffs because because they, they were on a roll. And for the Mystics, I mean. This is just bittersweet for them as well because last year they made it to the finals, but they they were they weren't they weren't loaded. They they were without Deladon and they were without Emma Misaman, and they have both of them healthy this year, and both of them are contributing at a very high level this year. So we'll see we'll see what happens this go round. But I feel like they they have a better chance this year because they're fully loaded. In other words, in the next two weeks, in the next week and a half or two weeks, don't bother Michael Gray. He's going to be locked in on <laughs> DMV Sports. <laughs> you know it. You uh, know sure it. There for us. Uh, I, my, I was pretty good. You know, um, I'm doing well here. Uh, had a couple of days off to myself to kind of recuperate. Went took a day out yesterday. Um, went to near the Winter Park area here in the Central Florida area. Winter Park. Um, number 25 is sacred in Winter Park for Austin Rivers. Nobody will ever wear number 25 ever again. Uh, Winter Park High School where Austin Rivers put on an absolute clinic. And so I was in the air yesterday. Got my little cocktail or two, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, hanging out. So, uh, but of course, nevertheless, we're back and we're doing what we do best here, Mike. And, and we want to go ahead and start off with, um, you know, just a little breaking news here. LaMelo potentially being the number one overall pick. I mean, he's been dynamite. I mean, from what he's done in Lithuania to now with how he's dominating the ABL 
in the Aussie League, um, all of a sudden, GMs and scouts in the NBA, ha- their perception of Mr. LaMelo Ball has changed. Absolutely. And, and you, I, I think over time, you gotta, you got to give people a chance to grow. LaMelo Ball was still in high school. He was still a baby. And he was he putting up great numbers and he was balling, but he, he was immature. He was a kid. He was he was he was a kid. You know, he was he needed time. It was it's a maturation process that goes with this with this. And seeing LaMelo Ball play now, he has an NBA game. His game is catered to what the NBA is right now, one on one. Um he 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 his he can score at will against anybody. Uh it's it's a joy watching him play basketball and he potentially could be the number one pick. And if not, he he's a top five pick for sure. But uh, I'm just glad to see him mature and and grow up and, and and get a chance to show people that hey, I'm not the same knucklehead that I was when I when when you first heard about the Ball Brothers. I've grown over the as as time goes on. I've grown over the years, and I'm 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 getting ready to to do my thing in the league. And whether he goes number one or not, who knows? But he's definitely gonna be in that top five. And how crazy is this, Mr. Levar Ball? Maybe back on the mic. You know, it's funny to me. He actually predicted Lamella would go number one overall in 2020. And so as crazy as this man or as idiotic that may, people may think about this guy, he knows what he's talking about when it comes to the media and when he talk about his son. So there's no doubt. The Ball brothers can ball. There is no question about that. Lamelo, I remember when he was 5'11". Now looking at him as 6'6". Um, some people think, and I do as well, Mike, I think he might be the best scorer of the of of the brothers, I, I think when you talk about the totality of the te- of of the games, I think Lonzo is still the best with um, his precision, um, how he, you know, galvanizes the troop, how he's a four floor general, an outstanding passer. But when you talk about a guy that can just get a bucket, I I think Lamelo stands out of the three brothers, and that game type of game can translate into the the game. Obviously, he has to lift. He's got to get into some weight training um, programs here in the league. But, I mean, he's doing it against grown men in the ABL. And so I think that type of game will definitely help him to kind of speed him up for the NBA league. It sure will. And naturally, over time, once you get to the NBA, it's good. you're going to get bigger. You're going to gain muscle. Uh, Steph Curry had to do it. Kevin Durant had to do it. Giannis had to do it. All of all of the players that come in a little slinky, a little smaller, uh, skinnier than us, than most, they have to do it because it's a maturation process you have to go through. You know, you, most of them didn't go to college and they didn't get a chance to bang with the big guys. So coming into the league is their first real test going against 25, 26, 30-year-olds, grown men. So LaMelo Ball would naturally get bigger along with, you know, on the weight room program, whatever team he has going on and. You're absolutely right. He's the most. He's the most. He's not only the best scorer of the Ball Brothers. He's easily, easily the most skilled. So I, de- I definitely see that. See that happening. And uh, I, I, I'm, I'm happy for Lamelo, and I know he's going to do his thing. Definitely, they're all going to keep our eye out for that story as it continues to develop for Lamelo Ball as a potential number one overall pick. I think in the latest big board, he was third. So his stock continues to ride. But Mike. We got to talk about the mitty gritty. We want to talk about the collegiate game. And first of all, um, a lot of things happened in week four in college football that stood out to me. Jonathan Taylor, he's a bad brother for Wisconsin. Um, uh, The man, I mean, he can catch the ball. He can pass, protect. He can run between the tackle. He can run outside the tackle. And so how do you game plan for them? Ask Jim Harbaugh, he couldn't. And against a very vaunted Michigan defense, he ran rumshaw on them. And now Mike Jim Harbaugh may be in the hot seat. So that, that was something that kind of stood out to me. Obviously it, I didn't fare well in this weekend. My nights got did in by the Pittsburgh special. Yeah. yeah not, not, not really good for us. We, we, we dimmed out a little bit on the latest polls. And of course, uh, Auburn uh, stood out to me as well. You know, they 2013, 15, 17 and now 19. So every other year when they play in Kyle Field and College Station, they just seem to beat Texas A&M. They just got their number. And then the big one, Georgia escaping late against Notre Dame. So a fun full packed action in college football. Some things that stood out to you, Mike. Definitely. What stood out to me was the competitiveness of Pittsburgh and with UCF. That was a great football game. It really was. You got to tip your head off to, the, to, the, uh, to Pittsburgh because, because they fought. They fought hard. And – UCF and that third, when they, when they went rough shot in that third quarter and put up twenty four points, I thought it was over for uh, Pittsburgh. But then I, I felt like they got too complacent. 
in in the in the fourth quarter, and, and they and they took some chances that they probably didn't need to. You know, getting down to the goal line and going forward on fourth downs, and instead of kicking field goals, that that would have iced the game. And uh, it, it 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 was tough. It was tough watching UCF go through that because I root for guy. I root for the underdogs like that. The because I feel like if they would have won that game, it's, it's a big possibility that they would have jumped into the top ten. So it it was a tough loss for UCF, but I, I was happy to see Pittsburgh show up. But you're absolutely right about Jonathan Taylor. I mean, this brother is the is the real deal. And not only can he do all the can he is he a triple threat as far as run, um can run the ball, pass, can catch the ball out the backfield, and he can pass protect. But he has one of the best offensive lines in football blocking for him. Absolutely. And you saw that you saw that Michigan defense had no answer for them. I mean, he the holes that he had. On that long touchdown that he had when he went up twenty-one nothing, I mean it was just wide open. Stubby, me and you probably could have ran through that. <laughs> the Red Sea party. <laughs> I swear, I'm telling you, there, man. This brother special, and he's easily a Heisman candidate, and he keeps this up. Uh, it's gonna be hard to knock him out. And we, we, if he keeps playing like this, we're gonna have a tough race down the stretch because you know the quarterbacks like Jalen Hurts and Trevor Lawrence are gonna have something to say about that. But yeah, uh, Jonathan Taylor is making a case for the running backs and and, and making a name for himself. Notre Dame and Georgia. I was very happy to see Notre Dame compete at such a high level. Yes, they lost this game. But I think in the committee's eyes, they look at Notre Dame a little bit different now because in recent memory, we've seen Notre Dame, you know, have these big records and then they lose to the big teams like Alabama in the championship, Clemson in the semifinals. And it, it looks bad whenever they go against top competition. But but yesterday they went up against a tough Georgia team and they almost could have they, they pulled that game out. They made it. They made Georgia earn every yard every point, every score, everything. They made Georgia earn that win. It was a great football game, and I was I was happy to see Georgia win, but I was also happy to see Notre Dame fight to the very end. So it, it was a great college football weekend. And um, other than that, that, that was pretty much because some of the top teams are still playing, like Alabama are still playing, you know, lower-level teams, and it wasn't really much exciting. But Notre Dame and Georgia was probably the most exciting thing for the entire weekend. Oh, yeah, and, and definitely, I mean, it was highlighted. I mean, you talk about, Sanford Field, Sanford Stadium in Athens was just rocking that night. I, I, you you think about Notre Dame, you know, second to Alabama as well. I, I think Notre Dame is the most storied franchise in as in terms of co- college football. But they're right. second to Alabama in national titles with eleven. You you think about some of the great players that they forgot. Ian Book played well. I thought the yes. defense played well, Mike. I, I thought the defense played well early on. They gave Jake Fromm. Some some looks that he hadn't hadn't seen before, um, and there's this noise that Jake Fromm hadn't really had to earn and win a game for Georgia. I thought he won the game for them because all these times you think about Georgia, they've had great talent, especially from the running back position. You right. go from Todd Gurley to Nick Chubb. You go from Nick Chubb to the three headed monster of Sony Michelle. Uh, uh, you go Sony Michelle. You go DeAndre Swift, who's right now. Um, in his junior season, already has so for three thousand yards rushing. That's right. incredible. I mean, so front on offense, they would, they love to run the football and then stand on defense. Well, Jake Fromm hadn't really had to win a game for them, and I, I came out that game thinking that okay, Jake game for Georgia because Notre Dame said okay, we're gonna stop the run. We're gonna we're gonna put a seven eight man front. You know DeAndre Swift. You know he's 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 good, and he a he did get one big one. He did one yeah, get, uh, get one big one in the third quarter. But for the whole game, I mean, he was pretty much bottled up in the backfield. And they said, Jake, Fromm, we want to see can you make the throws outside the numbers? Can you make the throws inside? He made that, and I thought that that was the defensive maker. I I think in the second half, I thought Notre Dame's adjustment was porous. I, I thought <laughs> Georgia made adjustment in the second half. You saw. You know, Notre Dame get a little bit antsy. They sent eight eight men to blitz. And you, they had the middle of the field wide open. They had a lot of one-on-ones on the outside. And their corners actually held up. But, you know, you're submissible for the deep ball when you hit one-on-one matchups like that. So I thought they kind of panicked. But, um, man, I mean, for Notre Dame to see that they don't re- recover that onside kick to, I mean, a lot of things could have went the opposite way but this is a big win for 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 georgia no doubt now in the committee's eyes mike you you mentioned that this isn't a bad loss losing it to a third ranked georgia but how does this go for the college football playoffs you you still got ohio state i mean they've they've been killing everybody justin fields is if he 
we we've been if it wasn't for you know Hertz and Tua and JT up there in Wisconsin, we'd be talking about Justin Field and Ohio State and what they've done. You can't ignore what Oklahoma is. Joe Burrow has been steady as well, and I believe he's he's a top three candidate as well. So, how does Notre Dame get back in this back in this uh, uh, column here as one of the contenders? They have. To, I, I think it's tough. I think it's going to be tough because if they would have won this game, they would have made. They, I think it would have been a for sure thing. Had they ran the table, that they get into the college playoffs. But the fact that they lost, like like the committee doesn't care about more victories when it comes to the picking those top four teams in the college playoffs. You got to get the you either get the job done or you don't. And the, the fact that they played tough and we commend them for playing tough and being in that game and, and competing at a high level, they didn't they didn't win. So I, I think it's going to be very. I think they're going to be looking on the outside. They're going to be on the outside looking in when it comes to the college football playoffs. I don't see them making the top four because that one loss is a stinger. Like you said, you have teams like Ohio State, Clemson, Georgia, Alabama. Like uh, the, those are like the teams. LSU, of course. Those are like the teams that will compete for that top top four spot. And Notre Dame will be on the outside looking in because that one loss really hurt them. But it would have helped them a lot had they beat this number three number three seeded Georgia. But but I think they're going to be on the outside looking in. It's like Auburn, all of a sudden. I mean, they still gotta play, still gotta play um, LSU and that SEC West, and potentially Georgia in the SEC title game. So you got teams like that always looking out there in the bubble. Maybe Oregon can climb back in this, or maybe another power, a non-power five team, get back in this. But we'll see. Week five of the college football game weekend coming up. Not a lot of marquee matchups, but we're always gonna keep our eye on it. Myself and Michael Gray, the voice of the Seppi Podcast Radio Show. When we come back, we look back to week three in the NFL. I gotta go, I gotta go. Go, go, go. What's up, everybody? We in Orlando again, getting it in. Bald and beauty, boss of engineer that. My man G Wiz just dropped that new hit, I am Poppy. And you know where the catch is at, right? Diaz Gallery. Rich Black just dropped off the pop up shop. But look, make sure y'all catch us out in Sidebar. Make sure you catch me out in Iron Cafe. And you know, know where I be at. I'm at Boss of Engineer. What it do? Make sure you stay tuned. We appreciate you. Nama, 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 stay. Yeah. What you say it is? What you say it is? I said, cause visionary, 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 what? We are the truth. Stay tuned for our new line. Make sure you got your t shirts ready. we gonna see y'all here in the community. Namaste, yeah, yeah, proud and honor. We love myself and Michael Gray, we turn our attention now to the pros, Mike, where we look back at week three in the NFL. I know you're a happy camper. Daniel Jones and your G-men get a big one down here in hot, hot, hot Tampa Bay. But then again, you always have the cold, the, the bad part of be, uh, being in the faithful of the Redskins. And <laughs> boy, they didn't even show up on Monday night. That was a poor performance by them. But but some other things that happened. Dallas is steady at three and zero. Green Bay, all of a sudden, they've got a defense. They're at three and zero, and then the big matchup: Patrick Mahomes versus Lamar Jackson, head to head, collision courses collide in Barbecue Town in Kansas City, and it was as as advertised. <laughs> I mean, both both guys put on a show. In the end, of course, Magic. Mahomes put on a show late and they got some help, of course, with the running game. And so I thought those were some of the key headlines going into uh, week five as well. And of course, Carson Wentz, I, I mentioned last week, I have my eyes on him, didn't really show up. And I'm getting concerned about that health. So things to that I, I observe on week three, Mike, what did you see? Uh, well, first I want to say Jones, Daniel Jones. 
Oh, man, it was special watching him play and perform and come back the way he did against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, man, I'm optimistic, Sebi. I I think the future is bright for the New York Giants. I think we found our quarterback. And I I think that uh, I don't expect much from us this year. We're still going to be a five- to six-win team. Um, not going to make the playoffs and make any noise for real, but we're going to win some games and we're going to be competitive in most because we have a quarterback that, you know, he, he just made the offense look more more fluid. You know, it was flowing at a much better pace with Daniel Jones than it was with Eli. It's like they have hope. You know, the S- Sterling Shepard re- reemerged as one of the top receivers on our team. Uh, I, was, I was impressed with seeing with him. I saw Darius Slayton, his first game with the New York Giants. I saw him be the deep threat and make big-time plays like like I know he could. And uh, I was just happy to see that. But um, I, I, I'm optimistic about the future for the Giants. I think we're going to be nice, but we're not going to be that good this year. Also, you're absolutely right about Carson Wentz. I'm starting to get worried about the Eagles, too. That, that was my pick to win the division. Um, these yeah, Mike, I mean, the- Dallas is 3-0. and Now the Eagles are one of your two games behind. Yeah, but it. I'm not worried about Dallas being 3-0 because they're 3-0 against preseason teams. They're week one for the Dallas Cowboys starts this week. They 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 had a seven-week preseason, the Dallas Cowboys did. <laughs> this, is the this, this is the real test for the uh, for the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday night against New Orleans. But And, and I think the, the, the more that their season goes, everything will make sense. But I feel like the Philadelphia Eagles, they have a big game tomorrow. They have a big game tomorrow. And um, the, the more they continue to play, the more they keep racking up losses, I'm telling you, Carson Wentz, these slow starts in the first half and thinking you could just pick it up in the second half is not going to work. Detroit it was a very tough football team. Detroit hasn't lost a game all year. They, they tied the first game, then they won their last two. And it's a very competitive and physical football team with, with, with veterans and talent across the board. And I hope Philly didn't come in that game and sleep on them and think it was going to be an easy game because obviously it wasn't. So I think going to going to Green Bay tomorrow, Philly has to make some adjustments and make some things happen. But also in week three, one one of the biggest things with Sebi, and you boy, you, you talked about it uh, when we first opened this show. The New Orleans Saints going up to that 12th man and winning the way they did. I mean, it was it was special to watch that because it was a total team effort. I mean, when I picked Seattle Seahawks, I was I keep thinking about that 12th man and that defense, but I keep forgetting that that defense doesn't have the Legion of Boom anymore. They don't have that mystique anymore. On, on the defensive side. Yes, that front seven is still elite with Bobby Wagner, you know, the uh, the defensive line and the crew, K- K- KJ Wright and those boys. But uh, that second ha- that secondary is, is solid. Uh, Russell Russell Wilson, although he put up solid numbers, the D- uh, the New Orleans defense forced turnovers, and they made big-time plays when they needed to. I, I was very happy for Teddy Bridgewater. Alvin Kamara showed up. But also another thing that stood out to me, Sebby, for the NFL was uh, uh, was the quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. He was special. No, he was. Oh, uh, he was. He was four touchdowns, 261 yards. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, he 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 racked off 144 yards, even including that 76-yard bomb against Arizona. Yeah, Carolina looked very good, and it showed that Cam Newton, Cam Newton, uh, hopefully when he's healthy, he has legitimate competition behind him, and I think that's going to help him. That's going to motivate him to play even better when he when uh, when he comes back. But um, all in all, this was a great week, and uh, it's, and to be honest with you, Sebi. It's always a great week when my Giants win. <laughs> <laughs> it always be a great week from for Giants. Well, I mean, let, let's talk about that Saints and and Seattle game. Um, you look at the Saints. Obviously, the production of Drew Brees is unprecedented. There's no right. question about that. Teddy Bridgewater, nor Taysom Hill, either or or both combined can't do what Drew Brees has done in the 13 seasons he's been under center in New Orleans for that Saints offense. But, I mean, if you told me that the Saints are going to get a touchdown on special teams, they're going to get a defensive touchdown and an offensive touchdown, multiple actually, two on the ground by AK-41, one of the best players in the NFL, and Alvin Kamara and Mike, and let's take a listen to this. Since entering the league two years ago in 2018, Alvin Kamara has already 34 TDs. So, I mean, he's on pace to shatter a lot of numbers. I mean, the guy is just an unbelievable talent. You can line them up anywhere on the field. And so if you told me that, I I would say, okay. Well, I mean, I I would tell you that the Saints got a chance. I mean, anytime you can score on special teams, defense, on offense, you you score on all three phases, I mean, you're doing good. And more times than none, you win the football game. And that's exactly what they did. I'm glad. I'm so glad you brought that up because one of the things that, that, that triggers a team is losing their best player. When the Saints lost Drew Brees, 
I think it, it, it motivated everybody else on that team to step their game up. Everybody. You know, you saw the defensive, the defense, the defense making plays, you know, Eli Apple with the strip and, uh, and the run back by Bell. I mean, you just, you just saw everybody amping their game up. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, like you said, I mean, this, this team, you can tell that when they were winning, they were winning with a formula of, you know, Drew Brees making things happen with Kamara and those guys on offense, but also the defense being opportunistic and making plays. But now it's like, everybody is, is pitching in and doing more. You know, I, when I when I saw that game in Seattle, I was expecting Seattle to handle their business and, and run roughshod against them. But the New Orleans Saints just showed that they're a complete football team and, and they can they can compete with anybody whether Drew Brees is there or not. You know, the, 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 the talent around Brees and the talent around this team that has been built by this organization is absolutely amazing. And it shows you why this team could have easily been in the Super Bowl the last two years. I was proud of the effort that they showed, and I think they'll continue this for the next five weeks while Drew Brees is sitting out. And, and that's exactly what they got to do, Mike. They either got to go uh, uh, three, uh, uh, what do you call that, 500, or, you know, a stay afloat until Drew Brees gets back and then make one of those Aaron Rodgers late-season, postseason runs. Right. And, and I think they're more than capable of doing that. They've got the GM. They've got the head coach. They've got structure from up top into uh, uh, their unit. And so – I mean, you know, you would think that a Hall of Fame quarterback like Drew Brees, you'd be missing a lot. Well, I mean, they still got some incredible talent there, and they're well-coached, very disciplined. And so um, I, I look forward to seeing what the Saints can do. I, I think their game plan moving on forward is, hey, Teddy Bridgewater, can you be a game manager? Can you make us 500 until Drew gets back, and then uh, he can probably take us to the promise? And I think that's what you know Sean Payton has done, that simplify the playbook for Teddy Bridgewater, who – can play. He he can absolutely play. So right. definitely keep our eyes out on what is to behold for the New Orleans offense there for sure. And, and you mentioned about Carolina. I forgot to mention that on my opening preamble uh, there. Um, this kid Allen is, is good. He, he's he's really yes. good. He, he's really good. I mean, you see, <laughs> you see when the Carolina has a quarterback that can actually have a guy that can throw and their shoulder isn't hurt. What, what they can do. You've got a lightning rod from Christian McCaffrey. I don't think the discrepancy between Christian McCaffrey and, and Alvin Kamara is that far off. Christian McCaffrey is one of the more bona He's stuck there in Charlotte, North Carolina. But, I mean, this guy, Christian McCaffrey, is a lightning rod. We saw what he did with that 75-yard scamper. And then, of course, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuels, uh, you know, 34-year-old, you know, Olsen still making plays at the tight end position. And then this defense is not bad at all. I mean, they still got some issues to worry about in defensively on the back end, but you got Shaq Thompson, you've got Luke Kukli, if not the best inside linebacker, if not the best linebacker in the game yeah. or in the discussion for that with Bobby Wagner and others. And so uh, Carolina, definitely there um, uh, for, for some of the teams to watch out for. What about the marquee matchup, Mike? Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes, Obviously, they traded possessions. We saw TDs everywhere, left and right. My thing this year was for Kansas City. This was stood out to me, Mike. I, I think they're more deeper than they were last year. We knew about Tybee Kill. We, we knew about Kareem Hunt. But let's say if they're hurt, they didn't have any depth after that. Well, now you they can go four deep at the wide receiver position. You got McCole Hardman, third-round pick from Georgia. You got Sammy Watkins. I mean, you got this kid Williams outside who continues to make plays. And, of course, Travis Kelsey in the middle. And then you have Damian Williams, LaShawn McCoy. And then this new kid came out of nowhere, uh, uh, Thompson. So now Andy Reid, as if he needed to give Patrick Mahorn more toys to play with on that offense, can this Chiefs offense be the greatest show on turf? It's better than the greatest show on turf in the Rams back in 2000. Well, they have the potential to be. I think they would need Tyreek Hill to come back in order for that to happen. But they definitely had the potential to be uh, to be a, an outstanding and elite offense. I mean, I think you're absolutely right about their offense. Patrick Mahomes is playing lights out. I mean, he's he's on he's on another level. And he yeah. has ten touchdowns, no interceptions through three games. I Mike, mean, I got a question for you. Here. I got yeah. a question for you. I've been hearing yeah. this around. I, I've been hearing this around, and and I'm one of those guys. You're not you're you're not anything until you win anything, but. There, there are real people out there who believe 
I, I, I've always said I thought Patrick Mahomes is a clone of Brett Favre, but okay. just way more accurate and more composed. Brett Favre, as gunslinger as he was, he was wild with it. But there's some people that truly believe this guy, Patrick Mahomes, is already better than Breeze, Brady, and Rodgers. So they, they believe he's the best quarterback and the best player in football, period. Uh, before you continue on, on that track about the Ravens game, what do you make of that? I need I need I need clarification. Are we talking about who's better playing this year, or are we talking overall? Because if we're talking overall, Patrick Mahomes doesn't measure up to any neither one of those quarterbacks overall. But if we're talking about playing right now, right now he's playing better than all three of those quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes is playing like the best quarterback in football right now. But overall, I cannot give that to him yet. He hasn't done anything yet. He's only in the second year. But if we're talking about right now, I would agree he's playing better than all three of those quarterbacks right now. Gotcha, gotcha. Because there's some people that actually wholeheartedly believe Patrick Mahomes is already on a whole nother league and a whole nother stratosphere and, and leaving all the other quarterbacks or all other competitors behind. Yeah, no, nah, he's he's definitely playing like the best quarterback in football right now. Those are three of the best quarterbacks we've ever seen in NFL history. <coughs> Excuse me. So I would give the nod to them in that regard. But right now, you're absolutely right. Patrick Mahomes is playing like the best quarterback in football. He is right now. But uh, continuing about the game, I was impressed I was impressed with what I saw from him. But, Sebi, I'm not going to lie to you. I think you're absolutely right about the depth on offense from this Kansas City team. But I think one of the biggest turnarounds for this team is their defense. The, their defense can get after it. Not only they they have Chris guys like Chris Jones and others that, that can get after the uh, quarterback, uh, but when, when you look at this back half, I mean, they're, they're making big-time plays. Tyron Matthew is back there doing his thing. Uh, it, it's just it's just amazing to see this defense play, and I, I see them continuing to get better and better every week. They have the speed. They have the physicality. And I think if I think when the playoffs come around, uh, assuming health, that's going to be the biggest difference for Kansas City on whether or not they take that next step to the Super Bowl because offensively, they're a juggernaut. You can't hang with this team offensively. Uh, they can score on at will whenever they want to, whenever they. But I think the biggest turnaround for this Kansas City team is their defense and what they're able to do. Lamar Jackson, he made some big time plays. He he was special with his legs. He's he's improving more and more as a passer. He has to work on getting some more down the field throws and things of that nature. But at the same time, I I know it's a it's a process with Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson doesn't have the weapons or the uh, uh, offensive weaponry that. Patrick Mahomes is is, is is with right now. So I know it's going to take time for Lamar to continue to get acclimated with this offense, to continue to grow with this offense, to continue to get more comfortable in, inside this offense. So I was impressed with what I saw from Lamar Jackson. He's clearly looking like a better quarterback than he did last year. He's taking strides, and uh, he, he put on a show. I mean, it wasn't his fault that they lost. It was the fact that he went up against Kansas City's offense, this Patrick Mahomes-led offense. I mean, it's, it's it's so it's like you really have to match point for point, and you can't score field goals when you get in the red zone. I think one of the biggest things for the Ravens, one of the biggest keys for them losing this game, was the fact that they were too greedy. They tried to go for two point conversions early on in the first quarter when they scored the first touchdown. It didn't work. Then they tried to go for a two point conversion when they were down nineteen to thirty and just just scored a touchdown. And that, that didn't was work when you could easily kick the field goal. Those are two points right there that could have easily tied this game, and who knows, maybe Kansas City wouldn't have had that late drive to uh, to go up three, and who, who knows what type of ball game we would have had, but I think those two failed two-point conversions really hurt the Baltimore Ravens uh, and possibly cost them this game, but all in all, it was a great football game, and it just showed that Lamar Jackson and this Baltimore team, they can hang with anybody. Yeah, yeah, and and and, and to piggyback on what you said, my two things as well that I, I took from this as well, is you talk about the possessions early on in the game. There was a couple drives in the red zones, a couple trips where they were, it was fourth and two and fourth and one. I know you got Mark Ingram. I know you got Lamar Jackson. Mark Ingram had a spectacular game, right. uh, to say the least. But you got to take three. You're in Arrowhead, mm -hmm. if not the large, loudest stadium I've ever heard. I mean, I, Seattle compares to it as well. But I mean, you got to take three. You can't go on fourth down all the time as much as I know that a John Harbaugh and, and Greg Roman uh, wants to do with Lamar Jackson. You got you to gotta take three. And if you take those three points, then it's a two-point game. 
then potentially you get the ball and you kick a game-winning field goal with Justin Tucker, who's one of the premier kickers in the game. Maybe. And so, it, whereas you got to go downfield and try to force yourself to make plays and to tight windows to try to score seven points, you know, you kick that early field goal, okay, it's a one-possession game, and, and and who knows? You know, you just got to get a, get into field goal range, and anything can happen when you get in field goal range. Right. You can either make it or you miss it. You know, you, you rather put yourself at risk in those type of circumstances. But um, I, I, another thing as well, Mike, I know that uh, Kansas City, to me, can beat any team out there except New England. And and I think for them, again, is they, they want another crack at it. They want another crack at it in Arrowhead. Yeah. Because I, I don't think they want to mess around we're losing a couple games because we know at worst they're gonna win at least thirteen games. Right. So they wanna they don't wanna mess around having to go to Foxborough early January in the cold. And so this was a big game because I, I do believe moving on forward they'll potentially see the Baltimore Ravens in a potential uh, playoff matchup. And so if this was a preview, it was as advertised. And so I knew they they had to get this win because big picture coming in January they want to have home field in Arrowhead. You do not want to be play messing around and having to go to Foxborough against Brady and his bunch and against Belichick in those confines. And so I think Andy Reid, who's has a great track record in September um, and Patrick Mahomes did what they had to do and take care of business. So big picture, the, the, the chiefs know that they beat a quality team that they could see in the playoffs, but also they want to lock up whom feel throughout an arrowhead. Uh, instead of going at Baltimore, because we've seen Baltimore in the past. We've seen them as wildcard teams going to Foxborough and win. Mm-hmm. I've seen them going in other places and win with right. that great defense. So I'm not so worried about John Harbaugh teams uh, uh, losing early games like this, because I know later on in the season when they get their 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 engine rolling, that's they're built for postseason football. But as for Andy Reid and company, I think this is huge, big picture for them. That, yeah, absolutely right. They 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 do not want to go to New England. No team wants to go to New England because nothing works against you. Everything is going against you. You have to beat this team and then some in order to win in New England in the playoffs. So you're right. They, they don't want to, have to do that. They want to bring it back to Kansas City the same way it was last time and run it back this time with this with this squad. So I, I agree with that. And I think I, uh, I, another point on this game, Sebi, I, I think one of the biggest keys for the Baltimore Ravens and one of the things that they missed the most were their two starting corners. I mean, Jimmy Smith was out for this game, and then Marlon, Marlon Humphrey got hurt. So they were down. And that was alarming to me, Mike. They they really torched that secondary. Of the yeah, ball. yeah, they did. You, 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 like, don't, you don't really see that. Yeah, you don't, you don't see that much. And I, I wonder what would have happened if Jimmy Smith and Marlon Humphrey were healthy for this game, whether or not uh, it would have looked this easy for Patrick Mahomes as, as it looked. You know, Earl Thomas and Tony Jefferson can only do but so much. Back, back there on the back half, but I, I think they needed their horses for this game. And I think as the season goes along, uh, assuming they get the guys come back, we'll see that normal Baltimore Ravens defense again. And it's, it's just a juggernaut, man. When you're going against Kansas City, you can't really fault any defenses because they have too many weapons. And you you, you just have – you're at such – it's mismatches all over the field. And it's, it's so hard to cover these guys. But uh, hats, hats off to Kansas City. And uh, hopefully Baltimore gets, to, gets all their horses back for this stretch run. Yeah, one thing's for sure there. Both of these teams should be good moving on forward. We'll see Kansas City next week against the, all of a sudden, the team I always scrutinize a lot, the Detroit Lions. Wow, I, I guess they're using me as fuel, Mike. <laughs> we'll see them in Detroit and how they fare with Patrick Mahomes. Meanwhile, the Baltimore Ravens, they've got a date with the Cleveland Browns, searching for answers. That's also one thing with the Rams there as well. There's a lot of things to worry about with Freddie Kitchen squad, right? Yeah, for sure. Definitely scared for sure. Speaking of these matchups, we look ahead to week four and the pros. Myself and Michael Gray inside the studios of WNSC. Welcome back here to the Sevy Podcast Radio Show. This is our third and final segment today with myself and Michael Gray. And it's proud and sponsored by RDV Sportsplex. RDV Sportsplex, the largest sports complex in Central Florida, hands down. And it is not even close. 38 acres wide with a square feet unit of 45,000. Miss Stephanie Org has invited everyone in the community for fitness 
accomplishing goals from workouts to tennis rackets to hockey to floor hockey whatever it is rdv sports Rec has got it and it is the place for you we'll be back here in 10 seconds back here on the Sebi podcast radio show so mike week four of the nfl it starts off with a big one you've got the Packers, and you've got the Eagles. This, all of a sudden, uh, you don't want to say must-wins early on, but the Eagles can't afford to go 0-3. I mean, 1-3. Um, Dallas, I know they haven't played anybody. Mike says that they've played peewee squads, but nevertheless, you are what your records say you are. So 1-3 would dig them in a big hole. They're going in Green Bay in a very much-improved Packers defense, and all of a sudden, Aaron Rodgers is not having to do everything. They're absolutely right, and I think this this the way that Green Bay has been winning these three games is different from what we've seen over the past eleven years since the Aaron Rodgers era has started. But I don't I know Aaron Rodgers doesn't mind. You know his defense is is playing outstanding. They're creating short short fields for the offense, and Aaron Rodgers and his offense is capitalizing. And not only, not only defense, but he has a very very good running game this this year. Aaron Jones is is, is playing lights out. He's having a great season so far. And Aaron Rodgers, he hasn't looked as accurate as, as he normally is. And he's missed some easy throws, but he's 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 not he's not turning the ball over. He's not uh making terrible mistakes. And uh low uh sneaky, low key, uh Valdez Scandling has become one of his biggest one of his favorite targets deep down the field. He has Mike. I, I've noticed that over over these past three games. Valdez Scandling has been has been his his favorite deep ball threat. Um, Devontae Adams has had a solid season as well. And it's just it's just good to see somebody else outside of Adams give give him give Rogers that help and support he needs because the way they're winning is different and I'm I'm very impressed with this defense and how they're winning and uh I expect a big time game tomorrow. Definitely there. Matt LaFleur. Is that what they say? LaFleur <laughs> is 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 coaching Aaron Rodgers as supposedly the guru, the whisper guru uh for the quarterback there. A short week. Philadelphia's got answers to question. Short week on a Thursday night. Typically, defenses that go on the road on a Thursday night don't do well. I like Green Bay in right. this matchup. I like I, – surprisingly, Sebi, I'm going to go with the Philadelphia Eagles. I like the Eagles to win this game because I think – Backs against the wall, Mike. Backs against the wall. When a team is backs against the wall and they – this team is the heart of a champion. You know, they, they have champions on this team and they know how to respond when adversity hits. And I feel like on this short week – not much thinking to go into it. I think they'll handle their business in Green Bay. And if there's any time to get Green Bay and to beat them in Green Bay, this is the best time because Aaron Rodgers and his offense is still trying to find their way and find their rhythm to be that complete offense that they're looking to be. And I, I think Philadelphia will, will pull this one out. It'll be a tough one. It'll be a dog fight. Uh, but, but I see the Philadelphia Eagles winning this game. Definitely there. If there's any time to take Green Bay, it's now because November, December, and January in that frozen tundra, Ann Rodgers is almost unbeatable. So definitely <laughs> to get him on the warmer area of the months there for sure. We've got your skins. We've got your giants. Could we see potentially Haskins versus Jones? You know, this was supposed to be uh, what the critics in New York was mad and upset about we should have had Haskins at six but we picked up Jones well all of a sudden I think the faithful of the Giants are liking where they are right now I do worry Saquon Barkley isn't there and but I did like what I saw from Evan Ingram at the tight end position the Redskins just too inconsistent for me give me the G-men at home give give me my Giants at home as well I think it's going to be a tough physical game because the Redskins back the Redskins backs are against the wall and they need this win more than ever. And I know that the New York Giants, I know our defense hasn't really been the best uh, this season. So I know it's going to be plays to be had for this Redskins team. But I, I, I like Daniel Daniel Jones to get us over the hump in this game. I like I like Daniel Jones in this offense and this Giants team to respond. Because I think I think not only has he ignited this offense, Sebi, I think he's ignited this defense as well. I think I think when 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 you, when you watch this team play in that second half, giving up three points to Tampa, I think I think he lit a spark for them. I think I think having somebody like this and having a big win like that 
can carry over into the next week. And I see the defense playing a little bit better than they have throughout the season. Give me the Giants. Definitely. It's called momentum. And yes. the Giants definitely have that heading back to the Meadowlands in New York. Patrick Mahomes takes his talent to Motown in Detroit. Detroit, very vastly improved. They could get after the quarterback. Trey Flowers, key additions that they've got. Jerry Davis in the middle. Stafford playing very well. You still got Marvin Jones and in, in Galladay. The yeah. Lions are actually really, really good at home, but we mentioned about it in the last stages there, in our last segment. Mr. Patrick LeVon Mahomes is just another stratosphere. I expect to beat them and to beat them pretty soundly. Sebi, I expect this game to be much closer than people are giving Detroit credit for. This Detroit team is, is very impressive. They're a very impressive football team. They're a very physical football team. I think uh, defensively they have an opportunity to really make things tough for Patrick Mahomes. You know, I think the pressure that they can put on him with their front four and their front seven, uh, I think I, I think that, that that can be the big difference in this game. I, I expect Kansas City to win. I have Kansas City winning this football game. Do not get me wrong. But I think this is a, a, a game where Detroit can go neck and neck with them and they can hang in there with them. But I, I, like, I like Kansas City to win this game. I think they'll break away in the fourth quarter. No doubt, no doubt. Atlanta fans didn't like what they saw last week in the Dome in Indianapolis where they lost to the Colts pretty pretty close. But it wasn't close, Mike. It was actually not a very good performance. They were down double digits, but right. I know the fans, the Georgia Peaches, are happy to have the Falcons at home because one thing we know, they're a much different team inside their home Dome than on the road. The Titans come to town. It's a tall task. The defense can keep it close. But, again, I like Matty Ice, Jones, Ridley to let loose. I like the Falcons to rise up at home. I like the Falcons to rise up at home as well. And you're absolutely right. It's something about this Falcons team that just doesn't just doesn't add up because they have too much talent and they have, they're have they too skillful of a team across the board for them to be looking this inept when they go on the road. I mean, I, I don't know if it's a, it's a coaching thing or a personnel thing, but this Falcons team is too good to be looking like this. And um, you're absolutely right. They, they play much better at home. And I think I think the loss of Keanu Neal, once again, is going to hurt them, but it's not going to hurt them this week. I like the Falcons in this matchup um, to, to win this game at home. The Baltimore Ravens and the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns not living to expectations. They've got some trouble, Mike, on that offensive line. They haven't really passed protect well for Baker Mayfield, but Baker Mayfield himself hasn't played well at at, at home, though he's 0-2 already at home. You got to go to Baltimore. You got to answer questions, and that's not a place in MMT Bank Stadium that you want to be looking for answers. So uh, give me Lamar Jackson, give me the Ravens, and we can see the Browns going 1-3. I think the Browns are going one and three as well. Like, give me the Baltimore Ravens at home. This Ravens team is very, very good at home. I mean, when you look at how they play defensively and Lamar Jackson's comfortable at home, I, I like the Baltimore Ravens to win this game as well. The Cleveland Browns, they're going to be tough. They're going to be competitive. But I think the fact that they're so injured on defense already, I think Lamar Jackson and this offense, especially Mark Ingram, will take advantage of that. Give me the Baltimore Ravens at home. Now, this could be a potential uh... – Trap game here. You got the Patriots at 3-0, and and then you got maybe the surprise of the NFL already, Mike. You got at Buffalo. The Bills are 3-0. and You want to talk about a team that takes the character of their coach. Toughness yeah. personified. They are a physical team up front. You got Lorenzo Brown. Mm -hmm. You've got guys like Kyle Williams who, who who retired, but, I mean, Josh Allen as a quarterback, he's, he's a tough son of a gun in his, himself. Right. You got uh, playmakers as well, and so the Bills are at home in Orchard Park, but listen to this, Mike. Tom Brady, lifetime at Orchard Park against the Buffalo, 29-2. and two. This is tough. The Bills are vastly improved. I'm going hard over everything here. I'm taking the Patriots here in a very close one, but I could see the, the Bills making this a uh, game. Oh, the Bills will definitely make this a game because every time they play the Patriots and Buffalo, it's, it's competition. And right now, with how they're playing, defensively and offensively, I, I like what I, what I see from this Buffalo team. They're very scrappy. They're a very physical bunch, and they get out there and they make things happen. I think they'll make things make life tough for Brady early and uh, and often, but I think you're absolutely right. Tom Brady, with these weapons that he has on offense and the emergence of 
you know, this very talented defense for the New England Patriots. I, I, I'm going to give the nod to the New England to the New England Patriots. I think they will pull, pull this game out. Brady will be 30 and two against Buffalo, and I, I I I like the Patriots. Wow, wow! Look at this. A big opportunity for Sean McDermott and his Bills to make a statement to oh, say yeah. that maybe there's a change of guard in the AFC East, or maybe not quite yet uh, there as well. The Chargers against the aloneless, winless Dolphins, much we say anything. Phillip Rivers haven't looked good yet, but if there's any team that you want to get back and looking good and hopefully get that engine running for that offense, it may be Miami. He's taking his talents to South Beach. And he's going to be as advertised. Give me the Chargers. I'm hearing the speculations. Melvin Gordon is starting to think about ending his old out. I think that's going to galvanize the troops and potentially that defense. Give me the Chargers big. That absolutely will galvanize the troops. And give me the Chargers big to win this game as well. I think I've been saying it all offseason and so forth. The absence of Melvin Gordon and Derwin James uh, is making this Chargers team not as relevant as they could be. But when you're going against the Miami Dolphins, that's okay. So uh, <laughs> give me give me the uh, the L.A. Chargers to win this game. Win this game heavily. I, I expect the I expect the blowout in this game. Definitely there. Uh, we're not sure what the over under is or what potentially <clears throat> what the line is going to be in that game yet. Um, in Miami, you've got the Raiders and you've got the Colts inside Lucas Oil Stadium. The Colts they haven't missed a beat. They lost Andrew Luck, Jacoby Brissett. All he's done is stay afloat. Marlon Mack, Whew. the way this brother's been running the football, Mike, against behind a very, very talented offensive line led by Anthony Constanzo and Quentin Nelson. I like the Colts here. The Raiders, they're another team seeking questions. And not only that, they've got internal problems in the locker room. You've got head office problems with Mike Mayock and John Gruden. That's too much. Give me the Colts at home in that dome. Give me the Colts, but I'll, I'll tell you, Sevy, I think this is going to be a credit to because this Oakland Raiders team, although they are one and two, they're a very scrappy football team. They they get after it, and when your back's against the wall as an NFL player, sometimes you just let free and you play you you play you play all out. And I think that they can be very competitive in this game. They can make things tough for Jacoby Brissett and the Indianapolis Colts. But I'm still taking the Colts to win this game because at home they're a very tough team. And you're right, Marlon Mack is going to have a field day and have a great game against this uh, Raiders defense. The Carolina Panthers, after an impressive start by um, Kyle Allen last week, he's heading to Houston now before they head back to Carolina. So the Panthers are in Houston. Houston got a very, very impressive win on the road in L.A. against the Chargers, a very good team on their own. So the Texans at home, Deshaun Watson. This is actually a a tricky, Mike. I actually like the the Panthers here. I, I, I I like the Panthers. Um, I don't know what it is. The the Texans, although they're really good up front, you talk about merciless JJ Watt, rightfully on his own, but they are susceptible to the run. And you're going against Christian McCaffrey, and I, and when that sets up, you know that sets up play action for everything. Guys like DJ Moore can get behind the secondary. Their secondary is not that good, that, as we know all know. You got Curtis Samuel, and the ageless veteran Greg Olson can still make some plays over the middle. I like the Panthers here on the road. I think the Texans are coming with their heads held high. They got a big win, but they might just let up in this matchup. I like the I like the Houston Texans and Deshaun Watson to make things happen in this game. Uh, offensively, they have weapons across the board. I think Deshaun Deshaun Watson has a field day in this game. Uh, it's going to be tough against this Panthers defense, especially that front seven, who definitely gets after it. But I think DeAndre Hopkins is going to have a great game. Will Fuller and those guys, Atkins. Uh, can definitely make some things happen. And I like this Houston defense to rise up and make some plays and, 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 and make the deciding play to possibly win this game. I think the Houston defense will make a name for themselves in this game. I like Houston. All right, awesome. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers heading out west to Hollywood where the Los Angeles Rams, their NFC, reigning defending NFC title champions, they just picked off where they left off. And again, last year, we talked about it last week, Mike, this Cooper Cup edition, this this guy just brings a different element to the team. You yeah. got Woods, you've got Cooks outside, but that when you got a guy inside in the slot that can just beat his man and get separation real quick, less than two seconds, it makes life really good for quarterbacks. And I know that Jared Goff is good. 
I like the Rams here. Whose house? It's the Rams' house. I like to get them some really nice home cooking. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers didn't look bad last week. Mike Evans looked awfully impressive. But this time, he's got to leave and Peters to match up against. Give me the Rams to do some home cooking. You're absolutely right. They didn't look good again last. They they looked very. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers looked very good last week in the first half against the New York Giants. But it was the New York Giants. You're absolutely right. They didn't have a Mike Evans didn't have a corner that can match up with him. Janoris Jenkins was uh, he looked bad all all day. And I like Akeem Talib, a big physical six two corner to match up with him. I like I like this Rams defense to really get after it. I think this defensive line can get a lot of sacks and, and put up big numbers, and they're going to get a lot of hits on Jameis Winston. I think the defense is going to be very impressive in this game. Offensively, they're going to make noise, obviously, because Jared Goff and this, this Rams offense is a juggernaut. But I think defensively, they're going to really get after this Tampa Bay squad and, and win this game for them. I like, I like the Rams to win big at home. Typically, Jameis Winston doesn't do good against good defenses. He turns right. the ball over. You are, it's always a given for interceptions. <laughs> good luck when you have Mr. Uh, Aaron Donald on your lap coming right after you in right. LA. Good luck to them as well um, there. Uh, you got the Seattle Seahawks trying to rebound from their epic loss last week. It wasn't a good performance. Russell Wilson said they didn't like the game plan. The play calling was actually inefficient for them. And yeah. they're going to the Arizona Cardinals here. Arizona, they've been very competitive. They haven't yeah. won games, but I've been very impressed with what I saw from uh, the Arizona Cardinals. Now, historically, Mike, the Cardinals actually play Seattle very, very tough at home in the State Farm Stadium. But it, it comes down to Russell Wilson or Kyler Murray. I think I know who I'm taking. I like the Hawks on the road. I like the Hawks on the road as well. And I actually don't think this is going to be one of those competitive games. I think this is going to be one of those games where Seattle and Russell Wilson uh, uh, put a stamp on this game and and rewrite the wrong from last week and get that bad taste out of their mouths. I like Russell Wilson and this uh, Seattle team to to win big in Arizona. Wow, wow, wow. Definitely need a rebound for them. So the the scheduling committee says that this is game of the week, Mike, this week. And game of the week will be in Chicago where the Minnesota Vikings are going up against the Chicago Bears, the monsters of the Midwest after their great performance on Monday night. A short week for them, and they're at home in Soldier Field. This Dalvin Cook guy, I mean, I, I think in the first three weeks, he's been the best back by far. Right. I mean, Dalvin Cook has been running the football and has alleviated the pressure for Kirk Cousins not being in third and long and having to, uh, you know, dig them out of misery, trying to force balls to Diggs and Thielen um, or maybe Kyle Rudolph over the middle. So they've been more run heavy. If this game was in Minnesota, I would have liked the Purple Monsters. Just because it's in Chicago, I'm going to take the Bears because I know they're probably going to get after it. Def- well, not probably. They're going to get after it defensively in front of that home crowd. I don't like Mitchell Trubisky. I do like Kirk Cousins. But I'm going to take the Bears here in a field goal win, 23-20. to 20. I like them at home. I like the Bears at home as well. And I think this defense is going to – be very opportunistic. They're going to get after Kirk Cousins, and they're actually going to limit D- Dalvin Cook to some degree. This is going to be his worst game of the season because of the defense he's going up against. It's going to be very tough to run against Khalil Mack and those boys, Akeem Hicks up right in this defensive line. I think this front seven is going to be stout. I think this entire defense is going to be stout, and I think it's going to be a, a, a slugfest uh, on both sides as far as uh, the defenses are concerned, and I, I like the Bears' defense to make more plays and really to decide to be the deciding factor of this game. Give me the Bears at home. Yeah, that's going to be a great one, Mike. I'll definitely be tuned in on that one. The Jaguars head to the Mile High City in Denver, take on the Broncos. The Broncos stood in there. They actually played really good in that second half defensively against Aaron Rodgers against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Minshew, they're starting to send Duval this Minshew mania out there (laughs) and what he's done filling in for Nick Foles. But I'll tell you this, Gardner Minshew hasn't seen a defense like the Denver Broncos. And when when you got to have stamina, you're, you're in altitude, you're going against a chub on one end and Von Miller on the other hand, and you got a time clock on your head saying, okay, I got to get rid of the ball. I got to get rid of the ball. And you haven't seen a defense like this in those confines of Denver. 
the game pretty changes. You 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 start to learn and grow up pretty quickly. So I like give me Denver at home against the Jaguars. Uh, this could be a really ugly game. I th- I think it'll be a very ugly game as well. But I'm not gonna lie to you, Sebby. Give me the Jaguars on the road. It's something about this Denver offense that just isn't doesn't sit well with me. And I, I don't think going against this tough Jaguars defense is gonna help any anymore. I, I like the the Jaguars to win a very ugly game as well. I think Minis- I think Minshew will, will will make more plays, and this Jaguars Jaguars offense will make more plays than Joe Flacco in the Denver offense. Give me the Jaguars to steal one on the road, um, and and win this game in a mile high. Gotcha, got you. And then, of course, Sunday night football. All eyes are in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome in New Orleans. The Saints, of course, yet again, their second game straight without Drew Brees. But, of course, they're under center with Teddy Bridgewater, and they're at home. And they welcome the boys, Dallas Cowboys. Pro football said that outside of Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott is look obviously impressive. He has, Mike. And you said that he's played against Pee-wee squads, but you can't deny how the brother is playing again under Keelan Moore. It's a great game. I think by far this is the best defense Dak will go up against. Oh, yeah. Cameron Jordan. Uh, you got Bell. Um, you, you've got Marshawn Lattimore potentially to match up against Amari Cooper because Amari <laughs> Cooper and Dak Prescott, <laughs> that combination has been lethal. And yep. no defense has found any combination to lock that up. So that's a couple key matchups here. And a couple other matchups there as well. Randall Cobb and the additions. How will he fare uh, against the nickelbacks of the Saints as well? Alvin Kamara uh, and, and Jalen Smith. That's always a matchup to keep an eye on. But I'll, I'll tell you this, Mike. Give me the boys on the road. Give me the okay. Dallas Cowboys on the road. Um, you know, it, it comes down to me with with the defenses i trust cowboys defense a little bit more than the saints defense although they're at home i know they're they're really good at home and they're almost tough to beat at home but i like their defense better uh, than the saints and i like the quarterback here better uh, i mean dak prescott is no longer a game manager more of a game changer now and and and, and teddy bridgewater is playing the role of game manager and i think to beat the cowboys he can't be a game manager so the cowboys on the road, if there was Drew Brees here, I'd take the Saints. But give me the boys on the road. Give me the New Orleans Saints at home. I think this is going to be a a much better game for the Saints defense than than people are giving the credit for because this excuse me, this Saints defense is very opportunistic, and I think they're going to make big time plays. I don't like you said, Dak Prescott hasn't seen a defense like this all year. I think they're going to rattle him, and I think they're going to give him some looks that he's not familiar with. I, I and I also feel. Like Alvin Kamara is going to have a field day in this game, and I think in order for him to have a great game, Saints at home to pull up. It's going to be a nail biter. It's going to be tough because this this Cowboys team is loaded, and they have the talent and pieces to make it happen. But I'm going to give the slight nod to the New Orleans Saints at home. Definitely, game. That's that that right there with with the Vikings and Bears. Must watch TV there for this weekend, and of course week. Four wraps up with the Bengals and the Steelers in an old AFC North clash on Monday Night Football. Mike Tomlin, I mean, you want to talk about that is under pressure and under the hot seat. The Steelers are 0-3. It's a must win for them. They got to win. The backs are against the wall. They haven't played impressive. They got, listen to this, Mike. you, You won the turnover battle last week in San Francisco. You force five turnovers, yet you still lose to Jimmy G and company. I don't know how they rebound from that, Mike. I really don't. But I would take the I would take the Bengals here if it was the old Bengals. But I don't even trust them either. So right. you know what? I can't give her the tie. So I'm gonna take the Steelers to get their first win somehow, some way. Uh, I I'm gonna lead in some of the leaders, some of the captains on this team. The guys like Cameron Hayward, uh, the guys like Stephon Tuitt. Um, some of the guys like, uh, you know, uh, Joe Hayden, the leaders got to step up and help young Mason Rudolph because, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's going on in the Steelers locker room. And so I don't trust the Bengals. I don't like how the Steelers are playing, but Monday night in Pittsburgh, that's not an easy task for any opponent. Give me the Steelers in a very low scoring game. I'll take the Steelers in a close one. 
I'll take the Steelers and a close one at home as well. I, I, I don't trust the Bengals on the road at all. Um, I actually like the Steelers' defense. I really do. I, I like watching the Steelers' defense play. Um, they forced five turnovers. Like you said last week, San Francisco, San Francisco did everything in their power to give that game to, to Pittsburgh, and they couldn't pull it off. I personally feel like if Big Ben Roethlisberger was playing, they would have won that game in San Francisco. Uh, I, I expect Mason Rudolph to be a little bit more accurate and make more plays against this Bengals defense in this game. I expect this defense to rise up and, and put on a show and, 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 and be opportunistic again and, and, and make things happen. I'm going with the Pittsburgh Steelers at home to, to win against Cincinnati. And you brought up something interesting, Mike, because you're right. The, 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 the 49ers gave all the opportunity for the, the Pittsburgh Steelers to win that game. Well, vice versa here, because the, the Steelers did the same thing for Jimmy Garoppolo. They did everything on their power to hand them a chance to win that football game, obviously, to Austin Pettis for the game winner. I'll tell you this. If Andy Dalton gets some of those opportunities, I think I like his chances over Mason Rudolph. I mean, obviously, he isn't Jimmy G, but, you know, Andy Dalton isn't a bad thrower. I mean, he's been in these... Uh, regular season positions, not in the playoffs. He hasn't yeah. he's winless in the playoffs, but in the regular season, if he has opportunities and continues to get possessions, on some some sometime those possessions will turn into points. And so I think that's going to be crucial for the Steelers to get after him and to limit their possessions and to actually on offense not be anemic and actually uh, finish drives with an F. It, it has to finish drives with a, with a kick, whether it's a punt, whether it's a field goal, or whether it is, uh, um, you know, a kickoff. You know, you got to finish drives some way. They have to either end and with an extra point, a field goal, or a punt. They cannot do what they did last week in San Francisco to Andy Dalton. But I'm going to take the Steelers to get their first one with their backs against the wall. Right. Yeah, I would, I would agree. I'm about to go with the Steelers as well. They're, they're a hungry, desperate team, and I think they're going to get after it on Monday night. One thing there is for sure, all of our matchups on week four. And that was the week four matchups for myself and Michael Gray. We may be wrong, but we're going to stick with those there as well. For myself and Mike, we want to say so long. And a very sketchy evening inside the studios of WNSC. Orlando's finest, the Sebi Podcast Radio Show. Tune in until next time. You've missed some of our recordings or some of our episodes? Have no fear. The Sebi Podcast experience is still here. You can check us out at our website at sebipodcast.info. Again, that is sebipodcast.info for any of our audio segments on Spotify and iTunes and some of our streaming visuals on our YouTube website and links there at sebipodcast.info some cool merch if you want to dm us and send us all of your email requests we'll be sure to get them here on the sebi podcast experience and remember folks whether you're listening on air or viewing online sebi podcast is wherever you go and that is the slogan